we ask them three questions. What temperature do you normally keep your thermostat set at? If I had to ask you which room in the house is most uncomfortable, which one would it be? Who in the home suffers most from allergies? Today, we've got a 30-year veteran of the HVAC trade on the podcast. It's actually been a little bit longer than 30 years for Keith Neff here. 30 years is just the time that he's owned his business. We get into talking about how his business has changed over that 30 years, particularly in the last five years when he decided to really improve and implement some solid systems and technology and bring this HVAC business into the 21st century. And then we also get into what he calls the perfect service call, which is ultimately aimed at reducing warranties and callbacks. If you're in a trades business, we all know how these calls go and we all know that they are very costly. A week after you complete the project, customer calls you back and says, you guys were just out here working on whatever system it might've been and now it's no longer working. So those are costly and they need to be managed. We talk about his system for ensuring that those, well, don't happen and keeping those for a minimum. Now, real quick, if you're not already a member of the Home Pro Sales and Marketing Lounge, our Facebook group, head on over there and join it. It's for service business owners and managers only. By the time this gets published, we'll probably have around 1,200 members in there. It's an awesome, awesome collaborative resource. And if you've been listening to the podcast, give me some feedback. I want to hear what you have to say on it. If you like it, don't like it, pick up your phone, go into iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever's playing this podcast. Give me a review, one star, five star, a few short words on what you think. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to read it. On that note, let's jump into this awesome conversation with Keith Neff of AAA Air Conditioning. Keith, welcome to the Home Pro Success Show. Thanks for having me, Corey. All right, man. So I'm going to give my audience a brief run through. I know that you've owned an AC company for 30 years in Texas, outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area or kind of somewhere in that vicinity. 30 years, man. Give me an idea about what your company looks like now. Tell us where you guys are, how big, what you guys target, all that good stuff so that we know, you know, we can kind of put everything in context as as our listeners hear what you have to say over the next hour or so. Okay. So I'm probably the typical air conditioning contractor. I was pretty good at being a service technician. And one day I just decided I was going to start my own business. Have you ever read the book E-Myth? I'm pretty sure that book was written about me. <laughs> I would just go fix air conditioners, collect the money, didn't track any numbers, didn't have any systems or processes. We've had, I've actually been, had more employees than I have now and made less money. I've been there too. And then we started figuring out, and seriously, this has only been in the last five years that we started putting systems and processes into place, tracking revenue per employee, tracking average service calls. So that's when we, when we started putting systems and processes into place, that's when we, we started to see the growth. Right on. So that was five years ago. What was the catalyst behind it? I mean, was there a reason why you said, hey, we need to start doing this stuff? When I finally reached my point, I'd hired a family member, let him move in with us. They were, he was just getting out of the Marines. I sent him to, to training and two years later, he left to go to work for a manufacturer. And I was bitter. And I decided, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I joined a group called Service Nation Alliance, and it's a best practices group. I started learning from other contractors. It was real hard for me to ask for help. I was taught that if something's broke, you fixed it. You didn't, you didn't ask for help. So my very first mentor, his name's Ed O'Connell from California. He asked me how come I wasn't reaching out to other air conditioning contractors 
that are here in the area that are very successful. And I said, Ed, I, you know, I, I'm uncomfortable asking for help. And he go, he told me, well, that's just arrogant. And so that's the point. I picked up the phone and called, started calling very successful air conditioning contractors and learning from them, asking them to mentor me. And they did. Yep. And I'm guessing you kind of noticed one of the things you noticed was the systems and processes behind, you know, the kind of larger operations. You're like, I need that. Exactly. We found out that if, if I hired a service technician that had worked for somebody else and we tried to get them to do the processes that we were putting into place, they already had bad habits. They'd bring them with them. So what I started doing is hiring people from outside our industry I would look for attitude and train for aptitude. And then if it, there's a process there, they could ride with somebody and learn that process real quick. So when we call that each one teach one. So each technician is usually has somebody with them and they're teaching them the process. Then we send them to training to learn how to make the repairs. So first the process and then you're going on to actual training to do that. Right on, right on. The process that we use for a service call is called the, the perfect service call. You've got what you call the perfect service call documented out. Correct. Well, let's come back to that in a second here. I want to jump back in time. This was 30 years ago. You started AAA? I bought AAA. You bought AAA. Okay. Might I ask, why did you buy a company over starting your own at that time? Well, I actually already had my own service company. Just a one-man show. This company was... a was owned by a, a local family. They were having some problems and it just kind of came up. So I ended up buying it with two other partners and then eventually bought them out. So how many years into it was it that you bought them out? I mean, cause this was 30 years, you know, between now and when you got it 30 years, you know, we, back in the first 10 years, we're in the middle. It was about the middle. 10 to 15 years. Right right about the middle of that time period. Okay. So you end up buying them out, taking it over. Did you change much or did most of the change, or was the company largely unchanged for the first 25 years? Unchanged. We did the same thing the exact same way. The phone rang, we went out, we fixed it, we collected, we got to the next one. That's what, again, this system, as we talk about it later, we would run eight to nine service calls a day. Now we slow down. We, we only want our service technicians to run four at the max, five service calls a day. Yeah, that's a busy day for a service tech, four to five. Five is about the max. And that's, you know, it, uh, that assumes that you've got them, uh, you know, pretty well lined up and in a good route and all the homeowners are home and waiting for you and you don't have to, you know, wait to get access to a gate or wait for somebody to get back, you know, after lunch or whatever the deal is. Four or five is, four or five is pretty good there. Five is when we're 100 degrees. Yeah, working overtime. And everybody wants you there, you know, within 10 minutes. Yeah. So that, that's five. Let's just talk about something here. CRM, your company was largely unchanged, you said, for 25 years. Was there a CRM that had crept up in there? Or did that come in at the big five-year overhaul? Five-year ago, 25-year, five-year ago overhaul. So we did have, we were using WinTech, which was just a data, you know, for us to have our database. It really wasn't for tracking. It was just for to have everything as far as name, address, phone number in the same place. Could you do like an estimate in there or no? Not really. No. Oh, wow. No, it was pretty basic. 
That's as basic as basic gets there. Yeah. Yeah. We probably could have done it with an Excel spreadsheet. But... That's what I was just thinking in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done some cool things relative to that with your Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. So I'm guessing, you know, kind of based on how things went here, you did at some point put in a CRM. Yes. We were looking around trying to find something that could kind of take us to the next level. And we went with what I think is the best one out there. We went with Service Titan. Service Titan. I know that's a really big, big one for, well, particularly the HVAC trade. And I think also they do plumbing as well. Am I right on that? Yes. They you focus on plumbing. plumbing. I mean, I guess you, can, you can adapt it to work in anything. You can. Mostly it's for a residential service business. It's not great for a commercial service business. So it's particularly geared, yeah, towards residential service contractors. Why did you guys go with Service Titan over anything else out there? Well, when I reached out to them, I called them on the phone and the CEO of the company is the one who answered the phone. And we just got to talking. I was telling them what I was, you know, some of the things we were struggling with. And at the time, now they probably wouldn't take it. I don't think you'd get the CEO on the phone this time. Right. <laughs> I know they've grown a lot. Yeah. They probably had eight or 10 employees and it's just blown up and, and that company has exploded. So, but I can still, I'll send an email out and Ara will respond to me. Gotcha. So let's kind of go in detail there more on service type because a lot of people, you know, ask about this stuff in the Facebook group all the time. I mean, what do you really like that Service Titan does? Or, you know, if that's kind of hard to answer, because if you if you ever ask somebody what they like, it can be hard to answer. But if you ask them what they don't like, it's really easy. So what don't you like about Service Titan? And that can always segue into what do you do like about it, particularly? You know, I cannot think of anything that I don't like about it. You would have to have so many different moving parts to do everything that it can do for us. Initially, you know, the phone rings, it's tracked and recorded. We know if it's one of our customers or if it's a a new customer. So now does that pop up on the screen when they call in? When they call in, it pops right up on the screen, tells us who it is. What that does is it, it gives our opportunity manager, CSR, it gives them the, op- they, I mean, they know that it's a new customer. So one of our processes that we use when they call in is once they book the the call, they ask them if they'll be paying the discounted rate today. And they ask, how can I pay the discounted rate? Then he goes on to tell them that, or let them know that the service technician that's coming to their house will tell them more about our energy savings club. So it plants the seed for selling a maintenance agreement. Okay. I like that. So, I mean, you're planting the seed there as soon as they call in, essentially. Like, hey, are you paying the discounted rate? But then also when the technician is when the technician finishes a job, he calls in, and we'll talk about this uh, through the perfect service call. We do a tech debrief that they go through. And then when he dispatches to the next call, that customer receives a text letting them know that the technician is in route and they can follow him on their phone. They know we're fixing to pull up. Oh, wow. That is very interesting. So it'll do that. What about, I mean, does it do any type of automated routing or anything? Like if you've just saying, if you just kind of put in there like, hey, here's our 10 appointments for the day, you know, divvy these up and route them. Does it do that? No, that's another task that the uh, opportunity manager needs to take care of because we want to get the right technician, even if somebody else is closer. It's kind of dynamic dispatching. We want to get that the proper technician to this to the job. 
So if it's if somebody calls in and says they have a 20-year-old system, we would much rather have one of our more experienced technicians get to that job and convert it into a, an appointment for a system replacement instead of them putting a lot of money into a, an older system. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, there's some things, some things technology can't get right. And that has been, that is one of them. I think that's difficult for it is kind of dispatch like that. So that's a tricky one. Let's see what else, what else is there? There's always so much stuff that comes up on service tight in itself or not service tight, but any of those CRMs. We can track revenue per job and we can attach pictures. Uh, here's another thing. We try to get the same technician that customer becomes that technician's customer. That way we're developing a relationship with them. Uh, when it, We only get to replace an air conditioning system about every 15 years. So we want that customer to love us, to be a raving fan, and we don't want to send a different person each time. So, And, and then all the notes are also that are in there that a technician can go back and look. The last time I was out here, I did this, or we made this offer you know, the time before, just the history. You don't, you don't have to go through those conversations. Well, you know, John that was out here two months ago said this or did that. And I think he did that. You know, you don't have to have that. It is, uh, it's nice when you've got, you know, a single point of contact for that customer. You know, I guess single point of contact would apply more to project management, but same thing here, just kind of at a different level, just keeping the same service tech going back out. So you guys will do that stuff. Does Service Titan do anything as far as like billing automation? Like, you know, when it comes time to collecting payment, what do you guys do there? What does Service Titan do in that regard? Or is that, you know, outside of Service Titan? Right. We can email them the invoice and they can click on a button and pay now. Or we already have their credit card information stored and they'll, they'll just say, build a credit card on file. Yeah. And that's all done through Service Titan? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's like, does it work when you're on site? Does it have like a little swiper that you put on the card, like a square thing, and then you're in the service Titan app? Or do they call the office or do you scan the card? What's that look like? Well, we've tried the swipe method, but with our, with the protective cases that we use on the tablets, kind of makes it hard. So we still, the technicians have Bluetooth keyboards and so they can type their notes in and take the credit card information and just enter it. Gotcha. Gotcha on that. Now, what about the people that don't pay instantly? Does is This is something we do manually at my company. I'd love to see a CRM actually do this. And I hope that maybe Service Titan will. Does it send out like a sequence of emails reminding people about the invoice? Because what we'll do, if we have somebody that you know doesn't pay on completion, is then they get put into like our email invoicing queue and it'll send out, you know, like first notice, your balance is due, please pay us as soon as you can. And then second notice, third notice, and they go out, we send out one a week, Tuesday morning is the best time for doing that, or that we found. And with each week, they get, you know, progressively more serious in tone. Does Service Titan have any way of doing that, sending them out like a weekly reminder email? We can create a report to see, you know, our AR report. But we are a COD company. We're collecting payment right then. Where yours, there's probably phases of construction, maybe where ours, if we install a system, we start it up, we have a quality control checklist that we go through. Once that's gone through, we show them how to operate the thermostat and then we collect payment right then in full. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I want to go back to that quality control checklist. But yeah, so in my case, you know, how we'll operate is we'll do something which kind of operate or managerial is like a, you know, AC system replacement. Say we do, you know, a rescreen, just replace all the screen. And what we'll run into quite often is the project will be completed, but nobody is home. You know, so there's nobody there to really prompt or ask for payment, you know, or on the flip side of that thing, we'll also have customers that will say, oh, just have the office send me an invoice. Do you guys ever run into that? Every once in a while, not not as often, but we can send them an email with, a, again, a link for them to just log on and pay. Yeah. And for, for those of you guys out there listening, credit card, you know, accepting credit cards, if you don't already, I suggest doing it because just like Keith there, we also keep the credit card numbers on file and we do require a deposit. So we, we don't really have a, you know, a major problem with this. Most of the customers, you know, we just auto bill once it's completed and we've got, you know, our work completion form signed off on. But there are some people that, you know, will insist on making a deposit by check or in the actual contract or documents when we sign up for the project. They'll say, oh, you know, I don't want you to charge my credit card on completion, you know, something like that. Then we ultimately end up with a few people in this pool that don't pay on completion. And from there, we have a subsequent email sequence that goes out. We do it. I don't want to say we do it manually, but what we do is we have one of our assistants kind of manually create them and they're set on like a boomerang notice, which is a little Gmail plugin. So it sends them out, you know, we'll schedule all five emails in the sequence, you know, the day that the Friday after, you know, their project is complete if they haven't paid. And then it goes out Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. I'd really like to see something for any of you CRM managers out there. I know I have a couple CRM developers and CRM owners out there that listen and linger on my email list and stuff. If you guys hear this, keep that in mind as a feature to be added to your CRM. So on that note, Keith, let's kind of shift gears a bit here, man. The perfect service call and your quality control checklist. Tell me all about this stuff, man, because warranties and callbacks, I may have said this in the intro, are like the Achilles heel. They can be extremely, extremely costly because getting your guy anywhere for an hour is essentially a hundred bucks. No matter how much, you know, no matter how you want to slice and dice it, it's not cheap. You know, the wear and tear on the vehicle, the time spent, the overhead, the insurance, the workers comp, all the stuff that goes into that. You're looking at, you know, a hundred dollars just to send your guy wherever he needs to go. That can add up and customers will naturally, you know, try to make you guys come back out and they will call back in for many things. If you've owned a business for, well, longer than a month, you've certainly caught on to that. So tell us all about your perfect service call, the quality checklist here and how you keep that stuff at a minimum. Well, the perfect service call is not something that I created. It's something we, that we got through what we call R&D. It's not research and development. It's rob and duplicate. <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to use that. <laughs> but it's all because of this best practice group that we're a part of. Everybody's willing to share. So this is something we got through some training with a great trainer. His name's Joe Cunningham. He's out of Houston. So he's right there in your neck of the woods. He is. On the big picture, yeah. The Service Nation Alliance that we belong to is here in the Metroplex also. So it's very convenient for us to send our guys to training. Instead, we don't have to fly them out, pay for hotels and things like that. Everything's done here close. So the perfect service call, it starts off. I mean, before you even leave, you check your appearance, make sure all your paperwork's in line and prepare yourself mentally for the call. So in that, our technician has what's called a tech pack. It's got everything he needs in that package to run this service call. Tell me more about what the tech pack looks like here and also on the appearance 
I guess real quick, do you have any sort of appearance standards, like no facial hair for your tax? Or where do you follow? Because it can be real difficult to get text to kind of follow that code. And it's difficult when you're so short staffed on finding quality text to make them adhere to, you know, kind of such standards. So give us a little bit more info. on. There's a lot of talk going on right now about, you know, tattoos, piercings, beer. You know, our society's changing. Tattoos are more common now. I might not hire somebody with face tattoo, you know, facial tattoos. <laughs> like that but we allow our guys to have beards we want them to be neatly trimmed our appearance is we don't want we have our shirts our belts our pants our shoes our hat are all the same every one of our employees has the exact same uniform on really it's just looking in the mirror and make if you making sure if you ate a donut or something on the way that you don't have, you know, crumbs in your beard or something. But just your appearance, your first impressions are, you know, are so critical and important. We're, we're normally dealing with the lady of the house. So we don't want to be scary when we get there. It's just, again, it's just part of the, the thing. Just make sure there's your hand. I like their hands to be clean. You know, if they went to their last call, they got dirty. Use your hand wipes. Clean your hands real good. Again, it's yeah. You don't want you don't want your guys to be leaving fingerprints, you know, on the doors as they open and close things. Right on the wall when on their thermostat. So just things like that. It's we're not uh, sticklers. If they have a tattoo on their arm that's showing, I don't. As long as it's not obscene, I don't have a problem with it. We have some guys with cross, might be a cross on their arm or different things. I mean, I have a little tattoo on my wrist, so I'm not. That that stuff really doesn't bother me. Gotcha. All right. And what is the, you said the service call package? The tech pack. It has the checklists. It has unit stickers. It has the tech rec form, which I'll also talk about that in the perfect service call. It's just a list of things that they are things that they need for each service call. I mean, this is a, basically like a, the tech package is basically stationary related. So it's going to have papers, forms, stickers in it. Is it in like a binder? Yes. So it's in a, just a clear binder. They bring that back so we can scan the tech tech recs. Even though technologies, you know, we're using a lot of technology with the tablets, there's still some things that need to be handwritten. And so you can go over it with them without trying to scroll through a, a tablet. I agree. I agree. All right. So let's keep moving through, man. Give us more details on this. So after you've checked your appearance... The homeowner already knows you're on your way because they've received the text. You approach the home, you observe their around, the surroundings, age of home, condition of the homes, etc. We park our vehicle in front of the house. We never park in the driveway. You walk to the door, and I would prefer that they knock instead of ring the doorbell because friends knock. People you don't want to talk to a lot of times are ringing, you know, are going to ring the doorbell. So I like for them to knock first and then take a couple of steps back. You got your, you have a business card and you have your, we carry a red mat with us. It's our red carpet service. We put a mat down on their front porch. We have our shoe covered. Yeah. How big of a mat is this? It's like four by three. All right. That's it's pretty so good it's size. It's kind of like a commercial grade doormat. It's red. They roll that out on their front porch. And you usually do that after you knock because we want the customer to catch us doing that. Yeah. So Matt goes down, hand them the business card. We have, uh, we also care. They wear name badges. 
on a lanyard where they can, you know, the customer can see in that bio that tells them they're on the way. It shows a picture of the technician also. Okay. That's awesome. Gives a bio of who's coming. Is that service Titan that's sending that out? That's service Titan. We knock on the door, take two steps back, wait about three seconds, unroll the red carpet on the front door, introduce yourself. You mentioned where I parked. Is that okay? Would you like, you know, is there a better place for me to put it? My vehicle. You put on your shoe covers before entering the house. And then when you talk to the, the customer, you know, just building a rapport takes, just takes a few seconds for somebody to gain somebody's trust if you do it right. We ask them three questions. What temperature do you normally keep your thermostat set at? If I had to ask you which room in the house is most uncomfortable, which one would it be? Who in the home suffers most from allergies? It's just some general questions we ask. Are you concerned about high utility bills? And then the way you show that you're listening is you're writing their answers down. That way you can repeat it to them. And then you thank them for answering the questions and then ask them to show you where the thermostat's at. I like that. There's a lot of good stuff there. Particularly, I like the question right off the bat. Are you... Is it okay where I parked? Is that how you'd phrase it? Yes. Yeah. So asking a question like that, I think that really just sets the conversation off on a on a good tone. You know, it makes everyone feel like you genuinely have their best interest at heart. You're concerned with how you're going to do things. I, I really like that. That's something that we might have to add at my company. So we don't want them walking through the grass. You know, we if you need to walk up the driveway to get to the path to their door or, you know, wherever the walking path is. We do not walk in your yard. Every little detail to show that you care counts. If the newspaper's laying there, we pick it up and carry it with us. Nice, nice. And then, of course, you know, you got the actual questions coming up after that. And I'm guessing that gives you, that. well, the answers to that give you some insight that you can use to figure out what type of, you know, kind of incidental services you can sell or into, you know, what the actual problem is or what the customer cares about. Right. And a lot of times their answer you know, to the question about allergies or the question about the, you know, which room's most uncomfortable. They're like, oh, they're, you know, they're all the same. By the end of the service call, they're saying, you know what, my daughter's room is always, or my son's room is always warmer or colder than the rest of the house. They always have an answer for you later. And initially, they might say everything's the same. Same thing about allergies, but then they'll bring it back, you know, they'll bring it up later that they actually do have some problems with it. And that gives us the opportunity to, to inform them about indoor air quality products, better filtration, UV lights, just other opportunities. Gotcha. Okay, so you, you've done the questions. It's time to, well, do what comes next. I'm guessing the actual work. Well, the next thing that we use, we do is what's called our transition statement. I'm going to begin to check to thoroughly evaluate, evaluate your system. I'll be looking for anything that may cause premature failure or cause excessively high utility bills. If I find anything, would you like for me to list it and discuss it with you or just go ahead and fix it? So the answer is always make a list and let's discuss it. Nobody ever just says, just fix it. But <laughs> what that also does is that just gives us the lets them know that we're going to thoroughly evaluate their system. We're not just going to go find what's broke and repair it and leave. Correct. So they're expecting, you know, they're expecting you to come back at that point and they're going to be a little bit, well, they're warmed up to the idea of you coming to discuss things with them, not as, uh, or as opposed to just having someone say, all right, I found this, this, and this. Right. And our transition statement is in the front office on the door, going out into the, into the warehouse 
It's on the refrigerator door out in the warehouse, and it's on the bathroom door inside. So when they shut all the places, everyone's looking. Yeah. If there's any, you know, if you're wasting time in the bathroom, you're you're sitting there staring at the transition statement because you don't want it to sound, you know, you want it to come out natural. Yeah, absolutely. And they can change it up a little bit, but the essential, you know, the main part of it is I'm going to check your system thoroughly. You know, that's what, that's what we want them to know. Gotcha. Our service call typically takes for one system typically takes about two hours for to go through the, to go through everything, make the repairs and leave to the next get on their way to the next job. All right. So after that transition statement, obviously I'm guessing you guys go through the actual system at that point. Yes. So while they're going through the system, we're also, they're making sure and get model and serial numbers from furnace coil condenser. And then they, they fill out their, as they're going along, they're filling out their tech recommendation forms. If we pull down an attic, like most of our systems are in attics. If we're pulling down an attic staircase door, we have another carpet that we put down there to protect their floors. Wow. The tech rec form is a form that they go through and they list everything that they find that requires immediate an immediate concern. Weak capacitors, burnt pitted contactors, dirty blower assembly, dirty condensing unit, just all the things. And then they go through and list them. And when they're talking about it with the with the homeowner, if the homeowner doesn't want any of it done, I mean that's fine. This is this gives them they have all the power to accept or decline anything. We're not gonna say, well, you really need to do this. But on the immediate concerns, we just say these are the things we're gonna need to do to get your system back up and operating properly today. And then they go over it, they put the the results that are the problems that they found. And then they write down in one column, they write, they write the retail price of it because we are a retail business. You know, we're not a, we're not a wholesale business. They write what they would, what it would cost to get them back up and operating today. But beside that, they fill in how much it would cost if they were a member of our energy savings club. So they could see typically if they sign up on a maintenance agreement, they save the difference in retail and maintenance agreement prices it's going to, the maintenance agreement is going to pay for itself I see. in savings. But while they're there, they also look at other things that they're, it's not going to keep your system from operating, but just concerns for later. Maybe they see in a, and earlier I said a dirty blower assembly that actually wouldn't go into the immediate that would go into the consistent issues. So real quick, how many categories do you have on this list? You've got immediate consistent. And then is there a third category? No, there's just two. Just two, okay. Yeah. So the other issues are things like duct leakage or air leakage from the unit not being sealed. And what we use for that is we use thermal imaging cameras. So we actually videotape or not video, <laughs> we don't use tapes anymore, but they scan it with a thermal camera and then they can we can see exactly where there's any air leakage at and we can show it to them. So that gives an opportunity for duct sealing or, or anything else that'd come along with that. Maybe duct replacement. Gotcha. That, the camera sounds like it's a pretty powerful kind of tool to, you know, to actually have, to actually just be able to visually show somebody, hey, where the, where the leakage is. Exactly. There are two different kinds that we use. One can attach right to your phone. It's called a SEEK, S-E-E-K. 
And the other one is a handheld. Those seeks are about $250. The other one we use is a, a FLIR, F-L-I-R, and they're about $600. Wow. It's amazing how this phone technology is just, you know, really bringing the cost down on all this stuff. The seek camera is what we started with. Does it do as good as the FLIR? No. The clarity of the FLIR is so much better. And the FLIR tells you the temperature of the air and the hot and the cold spots. Which one are you guys mostly using at this point, though, for your text? We started with the Seek because that, you know, we thought that that would be something good to have. And then we moved on to the, the FLIR. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we saw how, how well it worked. So once we go through the tech rep form, customer accepts or declines. This is the reason we do this is because this, this is going to eliminate the callbacks. If they decline to have that contactor replaced or they de- decline to have the capacitor replaced because it's reading, you know, it's weak, we go 10%. If it's 10% or more low on the reading, we recommend replacement. If they decline it, when they call us back a month or two later, now it's not a callback because we have their signature, their initials right there where they didn't want it done. Yeah, that's that's good stuff because so often we get customers, I get this too, and like, well, why didn't you guys tell me this You know, should have been replaced or why didn't you tell me an upgrade was available? Having them sign off on declining it, you know, gives you, well, it gives you the answer to that question. Otherwise, it just becomes a matter of, you know, well, he said, she said, or, you know, in some cases it's like, well, if we would have presented this to you and not presented it in such a way as what you're doing with the tech rec forms there, if we would have presented it to you. Then you just would have gotten mad anyways at us for trying to, you know, upsell you stuff. What you've got with the sign off there on the tech rec form kind of, well, you know, eliminates all of that confusion and that he said, she said, and then also eliminates the hard sell. Hey, here's, you know, you've got it broken down. Here's the list we need to do today to get this thing up and running, here's what I suggest you take a look at. Or I suggest, you know, we fix, if not now, sometime in the near future. Exactly. And then also what we see is, well, if they're asking me to accept or decline this, it must be pretty important. So, okay, let's go ahead and replace those. So a lot of times it helps them make the decision to have the work performed or not. I see. Yeah, absolutely. Having it right there in writing in front of them. So let's go into kind of two numbers questions behind this. Well, how long have you been doing this, number one? We started doing this about three years ago. Okay. So three years ago, at that point, you're getting into the numbers. How has that impacted your callback rate and the amount of you know trips that you have to go out there for free? Right. We typically don't have any callbacks. So if, we, if they do, I, think, I mean, I have one right now that we've had somebody that has a, a zoning system and the zone control is not. We go there, it's working. We leave a couple of days later, they call back and say it's not working. We go there, you know, that's just a, it's just a problem system. We don't consider that a callback. Okay. But we have 1% maybe callbacks. So we either classify them. If it is a callback, the technician is responsible for going back out there and taking taking care of the problem. Yeah, no, let me ask that. Besides from the actual tech rec forms, you know, and kind of preventing, you know, the customers from what are essentially making callbacks saying, well, you didn't fix this when it should have been fixed. Do you guys have any type of, you know, check or system in place to make sure that the techs themselves are actually, 
you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's when it actually comes to performing the work? The tech rec form is not in duplicate or triplicate. So we don't, they can either take a picture of it and they can attach it to Service Titan or the homeowner can request one and we'll email it to her. But the, the tech rec forms typically come back to us or come back with the technician. We have a checklist that they have to follow and they have to enter all the information into Service Titan on an AC tune-up checklist, checking our Delta T or temperature differential, check electrical, and we, we mark it safe or hazardous or safe or, or good or bad, efficient or inefficient. We each one of them have a different one. So startup amperage, check capacitors, check contactors, check compressor, check refrigerant, check superheater subcooling, check duct system, check evaporator coil, check for leaks if it is low on refrigerant. So that checklist. Then when they call in, we have the tech debrief. So once they're finished, technician calls in, the questions are asked from our opportunity manager. Did you place stickers on unit? That's mandatory. It's either, you know, yes or no. Yeah. There's no kind of place to sticker on the unit. Well, I mean, I guess you might, you might get something like we put it on the inside of the closet door or something like that. You know, everybody used to like the magnets, but now so many people have stainless steel refrigerators and things. We don't, they won't even stick to them. We put a sticker on the furnace and we, I mean, our stickers are a sheet of stickers. So we put a sticker on the furnace, call for service. We have a sticker on the filter box, direction of airflow. We have a sticker for the condensing unit. We have stickers for the light switches that turn the furnace off or on in the attic. We have sticker that says light. We have sticker that says furnace. Everything says AAA air conditioning on it. So you guys are really just hammering them with stickers, right? I mean, like five, six stickers, you know, on each service call. Yeah. I mean, it's a, like I say, it's a sheet. The one that's on the furnace gives us service detail, you know, or filter changed on this day or serviced on this day. So it's something that, you know, if these people do move or if this, you know, if this customer moves, the next customer knows who's been, you know, servicing their equipment. Absolutely. I mean, it's vital. We do it in my own trade. We leave a little sticker on the screen and close your doors. You have to think about it when somebody needs an AC tech, the first thing, well, they're always going to, you know, go into that little, you know, closet or wherever the system is, garage, and look at it. Even if they don't know what they're looking at, they're going to look at the system, you know, maybe figure that, you know, looking at it will magically make it fix itself or something, but they're always going to go in there and look at it. You got to have your sticker there. And that's usually the first people, the first place people are going to call. Well, like on, again, with our furnaces being in attics, typically you go up the attic staircase the pull-down staircase, you get up there and there's two or three light switches. It never fails around Christmas. We get a lot of calls and they're, they're saying, my heater's not working. We're like, have you been up in the attic pulling down Christmas decorations? Yes, we were just up there. Or the cable guy was just here. They might have turned off the, the wrong switch. So again, that's why we label them furnace and we label them light. So they have a better idea of what all those switches are when they get up there. And you've got a full-blown checklist, obviously, as you just described, to make sure your guys are actually doing all this stuff. Right. After we, so they're supposed to check in with Nearby Now. I think we, we talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. Tell me, Nearby Now, that's a review building system. Am I correct on that? Yes. It helps with your SEO and it helps with it geofences. So it lets them know they're, you know, 
they're in Flower Mound. We attach a picture. It goes straight to our, it sends it straight to your website and attaches these pictures to it. That's nifty. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out. Now, we just switched, I was telling you, we just switched over our, our website. So the new, all those pictures aren't on our new website. We ask if they, did you leave a review request? Did you offer a protection plan maintenance agreement? How much money did you collect? Is the job 100% complete? Did you promise the client a callback or any additional information? Do we need to follow up? And then the last thing is, did you six-pack the neighborhood? So we have door hangers. They have to put a door hanger on the house on each side and then the three across the street from it. All right. That's pretty good stuff there. I, was, I haven't heard of anybody actually you know, doing that. So that's the technicians. Also, there's a spot on the door hanger for them to write their name. So if somebody calls in and says, hey, or how, how'd you hear about us? Well, I had a door hanger. Can you tell me the name of the technician on the door hanger? And the technician gets a spiff off that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see how that works. So that's, that's a pretty good one out there. That's something I might have to pick up too. I might have to do the R&D. What's the acronym? Uh, Robin Deploy. Was that it? Yeah. Robin Duplicate. Robin Duplicate. <laughs> All right. We're going to be getting some GCA door hangers here in the next few days. And, you know, if there's anybody that, you know, that watches this or hears it, they want to instant message me, you know, we can trade emails and I'll be glad to share any, any of this with it. That's another thing that I, I've learned through the best practice groups is you have to be a servant leader, you know, and the way we're going to do that is, is help other people become successful. Absolutely. I totally agree. That's one of the reasons why I do the whole podcast and everything here. And it's a lot of fun doing it as well. Yeah. So obviously Keith is in the Facebook group, the home pro sales and marketing Lounge. So you can uh, go in there and do an at Keith Neff if you want to get in touch with him and this thread will, there'll be a thread for this podcast. Once we publish it in a few weeks, we're recording this obviously five or six weeks before it'll actually be published. So that's it. Keith, man, thanks for sharing that stuff. Let's see if there's anything else we should touch on here regarding it. Oh, do you, I mean, do you guys have like a work completed form for the customers that you make them sign when, you know, before they leave or anything? Yes. And that's, that's through the service Titan. Yeah. Okay. So, and then also with that checklist, it was also done in service Titan as well. So it sounds like they've got some kind of checklist features and functionality built into it. Yes. So you can create forms and download it into Service Titan. And there's a whole form section where other people have created forms that you can use also. That's nifty. So now when you like, let's say that I create a form in Microsoft Word and do a PDF of it, I just upload that into Service Titan. And now can in Service Titan, we can write on that PDF and fill it out? You can write on it. You can, you can probably even make it to where, again, it's kind of hard to type, you know, on a on a tablet so we have bluetooth keyboards makes it a lot quicker yeah and each one each van i'm guessing has one of those in it yes and they do it all they do it all from the road there all right that's good stuff i guess final question what does service titan run in terms of cost that's one thing i don't know i'm very familiar with service titan but how much is it for somebody that wanted to get in it i mean averagely you don't have to really give me the hard number on it which you might not even know so it varies and there is some negotiating room in there but there's an initial it's been a while since I actually signed up so but I believe there's an initial payment to get on with them and that gives you three users and then after that it's about $275 per user per user per month yes so I mean it can add up but at the same time the efficiencies that it helps with makes it 
well worth the money spent. Yeah, absolutely. You can't step over a dime to pick up a penny kind of thing. That's exactly right. And a lot of people do that. And I've kind of spoken a lot on that because I used to be that person that would really step over a dime. My education is in accounting and I'd step over those dimes all the time. You know, oh, we've got to pinch pennies here, do this and that. And kind of through my business experience over the last eight years, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little less tight at the moment when it comes to getting the right equipment and stuff I've really seen. And it took a while for me to see and learn the value of, you know, let's get the right equipment. The things that are tedious, we either need to pay somebody to do them or outsource them. And then, you know, once we have all this stuff in place, the final product, all these little things will add up into something that is going to earn a lot more money than, you know, just the sum of one cost. Yeah. I don't know how many different either sales training or or business training, CSR training. I mean, it just seems like everything you add on is another $290, you know, $295. (laughs) But one of the best things we, we signed up with, Power Selling Pros for CSR and dispatching. There's another two ninety five a month. It has increased our calls or our booked calls, you know, tremendously. We'll have to talk about that, yeah, because I think there's a lot of opportunity for everyone there. Yeah, the signing on with the company for recruiting. I mean, we can all we're always looking for tech. You know, the people. There are people out there. Again, seems like I don't know. They must just every one of them set it at two ninety five or something. But each one of them that we've found have helped us tremendously. Right on. So good stuff there. So I guess the big takeaway is, well, don't step over dimes to pick up pennies. You know, if you can look at, look at all this stuff as a business owner and say, hey, by doing this and this, you know, and pairing this in with my service, we can do that and make that much money. Well, it'll all work out. So on that note, Keith, you already kind of gave us a few minutes ago a little bit of an idea on how to get in touch with you in the Facebook group. What about your email? Are you fine with people sending you an email? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, what's your email address? It's keith.neff at triplea-ac.com. Or it might be easier. You can email me at info at dfwairconditioning.com. Info at DFW Air Conditioning there. And then I just just put Keith Neff in there. Otherwise, in the Facebook group would probably be a real easy way. And then, of course, you get the whole community collaborative aspect on it. If you do a little comment and do an at Keith Neff. And, you know, maybe somebody else will have something to add to it as well. So on that note, Keith, man, thanks for joining me on the Home Pro Success Show today. My pleasure, Corey. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining me again. And uh, we'll have you back in a few months. Take care. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Home Pro Success Podcast. Connect with us and join our collaborative Facebook group at homeprosuccess.com.